Welcome to Puns and Potions. It's your favorite actual play D&D podcast powered by Patreon and people like you. We just ended the last episode at a very particularly emotional high and low point. I'm kind of, there's a lot of emotions. The exact moment was in the embrace of Bear saving Beatrice from a potential <sighs> damnation of sorts. I don't like it that is up word. To, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in, in a way. <laughs> Uh, where would you guys like to pick back up? I'll leave that open to you. Uh, while you're embracing, I think Avalon is gonna rush up and just kind of like laugh in relief and go, Where would you two be without each other? I swear, and I'm gonna join the little hug. <laughs> Y'all pull him in there. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna kind of, I, I was kind of like panicking and trying to cast a million spells. Um, and racking my brain for an idea, uh, and I'm just gonna kind of like drop everything and be like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> I turn to Selena and I like gesture to come in for the hug. Like, <laughs> I I will awkwardly shuffle up and and pat. <laughs> I pull you in. I don't, yeah, I don't care. I'm on the other <laughs> side. I get an arm. And <laughs> the temple itself has fallen quiet. The air is blisteringly cold now that all of the Anxiety is beginning to kind of melt away and all that uh, stress in the moment is starting to kind of drain. You notice that Avalon doesn't have the Ring of Warmth anymore, so it's pretty fucking cold in here. Oh, no. Um, so the, so, like, so the, the hug is kind of helping a little bit, but there is certainly an air uh, about the place that is chilling Yeah, like, in more ways than one, I guess. Like cold? Like do we see our breath cold? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, well, we should get moving. Yes. Let's get out of here. We can recoup outside. Yeah, B, as you, like, look back into that room, it's just marred with yeah. cuts and lines and it's just <laughs> destroyed internally. I I think in, like, pulling myself back to this reality and just with my friends, I see that. But I don't think I say anything. I just, like, hug my friends tighter. <laughs> and pick myself up as we get out of this place. Uh, you would basically make your way out of the you know room with the amber chunks, um, and then make your way out to the central main chamber room. Basically, leads you up the stairs, and then across that kind of it's not a balcony because it doesn't overhang, but that like long stretch in the front, and then there is a narrow hall that goes for a bit. Yeah, nothing really of note there. The only thing you would really see is that about halfway down the hall, in the wall, there's two kind of like windows, but they're just like slits broken out into the walls that look into other rooms. There's two of those, like two pairs on the left and two pairs on the right. Don't necessarily have to do anything with them, but they're there. And we get like a glance into the rooms across as we traverse in front of them. If you were to look inside, it's... Do you, have, you all have dark vision, right? To an extent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would be able to look inside. Um, the one on the right is empty. You would see that the one on the left, there is a skeletal, I say corpse, but there's no flesh. And it's wearing like a robe. They're just kind of like shuffled up into the corner. Do you want to see where the... No, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. uh, you continue up and then that's where you hit the stairs. It's like a very, very slowly ascending stairs. And you can see that there is somewhat of a filtering light from up into this entrance to the temple. 
and you would be able to see vaguely a figure uh kind of not huddled on the ground but just kind of like sitting on the ground against the wall and then just outside there's another figure it's they're kind of backlit so you don't get the there's just silhouettes at this point can i pull out the solar blade to shine a light yeah with now light coming from both directions you see that it's gertrude sitting on the ground it's dahlia standing up at the entranceway and as you make your way out of the temple and up back onto the uh like top plateau of this mountain you see that Maybe about 10, 15 feet off of the entrance of the temple, like where you guys are exiting. These two sort of, uh, I want to call them bug creatures, but they're a little bit more alien looking. They have spiny carapace backs and six sharp legs. And then their faces kind of look like velociraptors a little bit, but more bug. Um, There's a big one and then there's like a babyish one. And they're both slumped out into the snow purple blood goo kind of coming out of them and you see that dahlia has the oh shit <laughs> sunraiser sunraiser and she's just like flicking off this very viscous purple goo and as you guys make your way up and out yeah i make the call of a, a warbler i think that's what i said <laughs> uh she she turns and uh who is probably leading the pack probably me Dahlia kind of locks eyes with you and then just kind of like shakes her head like like a little bit like a disappointment. <laughs> Did you kill these things, Dahlia? Uh, she looks back at the two creatures and then back at you guys as you're kind of all shepherding out. Gertrude got a little excited at the view, kind of woke up some bugs. Oh. <laughs> and uh, she looks down at Gertrude and says, but we dealt with them just fine, didn't we? And then Gertrude, who is moping uh sitting on the ground she goes i just want to go home (laughs) no perk up at least you're still alive i want to go home too gertrude it's okay dahlia replies (laughs) and says uh we'll get there soon and then looks up to the four of you and she is a little bit teasing gertrude but there is something when she kind of meets eyes with a volan again gets a little bit more serious i think it's in our best interest probably on the way off the mountain, wherever you guys are end up going, that I probably take Gertrude back to Valaki and protect her and her friend if the need arises. We know that she's a potential asset against you. Right. All right. Didn't think about that. But I have some questions first, understandably. Yeah, she flicks the sun razor just to get the last little bit of goo off and then kind of like slides it across some of her armor. And then we'll just sheath it. For now, we'll find a place to rest. And then you can tell us everything. Everything. I will also mention that up on the plateau, off to the right-hand side, is a open-air carriage that is black and it has like a red trim. And the reins of it go off the front and then just kind of sit in the snow in front of it. It's not attached to anything. Are there like tracks of once there was an animal like some sort of pole uh at this point if there was it's likely that snow would have taken most of the tracks like you can see there's a clear path where anyone would ascend from the mountainside up here and that's like clearly divided in but there's no like yeah steps just from the wind and all the stuff buffeting it so where are we like on the other side of the temple that we entered or where where are we in relation 
you are coming out the same way you went in. Oh, we are. Okay. Yeah, this is the same view that you had when you entered and met with, or met with, I say, uh, Von Holtz. Yeah. Uh, Dahlia, in response to Avalon, will kind of gesture to the carriage and say, I think that's reasonable. Uh, but we should be able to at least start moving and rest to a degree. All right. What time of day is it? Uh, it is essentially dawn. Like, it's the very beginnings of the day. Because you came in, I think, somewhere around midday, and then you traveled through the temple, and then you rested at one point, which would have been eight hours, and then you traveled a little bit more. So give or take early morning. So we were only in there for two days? <laughs> day and a half? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. oh my gosh in in game yeah what a, yeah exactly yeah, so it was a busy rough few day days. and a half yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah let's get walking i guess we've got a full day ahead of us i don't know avalon you're pretty much the only one that looks like you're really hurting do you think you could walk for a day and then i'll be fine it's not the end of the world i will say re-entering the space with dahlia you do warm up a bit Oh, and also I forgot Avalon did this. We had a bit of a short rest at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at full HP. I'm good. Oh, well then, yeah, let's mm-hmm. just, I didn't say any of that. And let's just walk for a day. <laughs> you start mentioning, oh, well, let's get walking. And Dahlia, again, just kind of gestures to the carriage. I I mean, we have a ride. Oh, uh, just Can you pull that? I mean, I, I could pull it, I guess. We don't, Do you have a, an animal? Let's just get situated and we can start talking away. And then she'll start walking towards the carriage. It's maybe like 20, 30 feet off. Uh, All right. It's big enough to fit all six of you tightly, but it's doable. Can I kick my, like, is there a spot on the back, like a truck bed, where I can hang my feet off and look backwards? Uh, sure. (laughs) I would say on the back, there's probably like a trunk section that you're not like sitting on a seat. But it would be a spot where they could store things that you could kind of. It's not sit. the kind of carriage I was picturing, but okay. I was like, is he inside the carriage or is he outside <laughs> the carriage now, like sitting on it? Yeah, but I'm riding it. Yeah. Oh, it's not like a covered carriage. Okay. Uh, open air. Yeah. Open it's air a, carriage. It's gotcha, a wagon. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Oh. I was, I was thinking some yeah. Cinderella type shit. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Nicer than a wagon. Yeah. Okay. So is this identical to the one we saw oh, yeah. deliver all those weeks no. ago? Different. Okay. That one was closed. Okay. That one was like an encapsulated yeah. okay. cart carriage thing. All right. Does Dahlia seem to like take the reins? Like is she sitting like driver seat? Does she seem to know what's going on here? Because as far as Ferris concerned, I'm sitting in a non-moving cart. Well, she just walked up to it and she opens like the side door for everybody to get it. I'm assuming you're getting in and then immediately jumping over the seat to get on the back. Yeah, okay, yes. Once everybody is in, assuming everybody gets in, she will then get in. And then, does anybody know Abyssal? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> language? No. We are upstanding citizens. Yeah. <laughs> that seems judgmental. <laughs> uh, she says a short phrase in Abyssal, and then... You see underneath the snow, it starts to glow like an orange. And then the rains from the front of the carriage rise up. Melting the snow and coming up through it is a bunch of ash. 
And as the rains start to take form and the ash starts to kind of fill it, you see it combust until it is what is referred to normally as a nightmare. It's basically just like a black horse with fire on its hooves and uh, its mane and all that kind of stuff. Mare, I get it. <laughs> and there are, there are two summoned to pull the carriage. Dope. Wow. And she looks over at the rest of you and goes, um, Rahadin had other phrases that could kind of push them past their limits in haste. I only know the one to really activate them. So we'll move quicker than normal. But we are, they can only go so far. So we're going to have to stop, make camp, and then rest while they rest, and then get back in and travel the rest of the way. It's going to be some time, but it's probably give or take twice as fast as walking. Especially because they will not have to deal with the ice and the snow. Awesome. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Avalon says thank you, but he kind of like looks down like a little jarred that his mom just like yeah. is using Abyssal to like summon nightmares. Yeah. This is strange to me. Uh, can I, as we're on our somewhere on the journey, just want to mm-hmm. make an in- investigate here to see if there's anything i don't know is there a hidden compartment with something or whatnot you're just gonna root around between the kitchens can find any copper pieces <laughs> go for it i'm swinging my feet off the back and just watching the snowfall oh could i also ask my mom for the ring back yeah yeah she'll give it to you cool investigation is 29 oh my where was this I know. last time yeah <laughs> Um, it doesn't seem like there's any secret compartments. It's, it's honestly the carriage itself, other than like a very prominent storage spot in the back that Bear is sitting on, uh, there's not much to it. I mean, it's like just the frame and then, you know, two sets of seats facing each other, wheels, reins. It's, is magical, but the magic is like, hey, let's make horses appear out of nowhere, not, hey, let's stash a wish spell or something. I don't know. You might need an emergency. Yeah. All I'm hearing is I you didn't it. find the wish spell that is hidden in this cart. <laughs> so DC 30. 30 DC, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the nightmares will begin pulling the carriage basically down a similar path to where you traversed up the mountain in situations where before you had trouble dealing with like cliff sides because of the ice or you know the storm. Um, not only does the ring of warmth keep you warm, but the nightmare kind the nightmares kind Ooh. of uh, buff it from some of the weather, so they can more easily traverse through this environment. With toasty, really I'm assuming smart. you guys want to deal with stuff on like through this first leg. Yeah, on yeah the we, ride. we gotta grill someone real quick. Sure, Gertrude. By the way, everybody roll an inside check. Sixteen, seven, natural twenty, eighteen. Ooh. Bear thinks Gertrude's just being pouty. It's what she does. The rest of you would realize that there is an underlying excitement in the view off of the mountainscape. Like what we described before, like seeing basically like rest of the valley to an extent where before the fog like really starts to take it. Um, you can see really far. Most of it's not interesting to look at. There's not a ton there, but there is something about that like awe and wonder of just like a huge expanse. And you can recognize that she's like trying, like she's sitting on the end, looking out, and is trying to look uninterested. Uh, I lean in, I think, and I just go, "Pretty wild, isn't it?" All that. Uh, she just kind of like looks, like snaps her head over to you. It's like eh, it's fine. <laughs> Could you at least show one ounce of emotion to me? We just <laughs> saved you, you know. I think we've just got a lot of emotions out. I don't know how I feel about that. 
Well, we don't have to talk about anything here. I just want to appreciate the view of you. Is that okay? Fine. Good. And I, I think, like, to, to distract myself from confronting my mom for, like, a little bit, not too long. I'm just going to, like, just look outside and take in the view a bit. Sure. And, and take in all the wonder to distract myself from what's right in front of me that I have to face. It is a very interesting view. It is also comparatively to places outside of Barovia, still pretty dreadful. I mean, there's no sky. <laughs> yeah. The weather's shit. There's fog everywhere. Hey man, we've been trees. here a Most long kind of time. I'm just taking in whatever I can. It's still it's it, the the sheer distance that you can see off of the potentially one of the highest peaks in this place. It's still really cool. Mm-hmm. But it's just all white, and they're just like nothing. It's like you see a city way on the distance. It's also white. <laughs> yeah, I think if is if nobody else is doing anything, I'm gonna just turn back and look at Dahlia. Okay, you need to start from the beginning, please. And please don't hold anything back. I know I'm your son, and I don't know why you're doing the things you're doing or the things you did. But I trust everyone here, so therefore you should too. So I will say, for the sake of brevity, I'm going to break down everything that she would tell you. Because she's not hold- she's- she wouldn't hold anything back. Okay. And then you can ask questions as long as you would like. It's just a lot to go through in like specific phrasing that she might use. Cool. She would confirm with what she told you originally when you met in Kresk that she truly does not know if your father intentionally sent her away or not. But ultimately, she was sent away on what was supposed to be some sort of diplomatic connection, meeting, whatever. But they didn't really know what the nature of it was. And when she got here, it was pretty clearly apparent that she wasn't leaving and the idea that it was a setup didn't come until later and that was never anything that anybody confirmed it was just something that as this place kind of like beats you down those doubts started to kind of surface at the same time as that timeline was happening she was i mean she was meant to meet however it came about with strud right because he's you know the lord and he basically used his charms and wits and power and influence over the fact that she wasn't going to be able to leave to guarantee her a place of comfortable survival throughout her life. However, she denied that. She couldn't leave, but Strahd wasn't going to do anything terrible. He was like, fine, you don't have to take the deal. And then she settled in Kresk and found that things were probably way worse than she thought they were. After a period of time, that's when she was approached by Rahadin and was like, there's an amendment to this deal, but it'll make it so that your situation is comfortable. At that point, that's the era where she started to think, okay, maybe this was intentional. Like you just get all the bad thoughts and then you just kind of spiral on them. When you're not doing anything and you're just kind of continually getting beaten down, it's all those like negative thoughts that kind of continue to the point where she was already really in a bad spot. It was not going to get better because people in Barovia, it almost never does really never does and it was a situation where out of their straits she kind of went along with it and it was a really 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 slow build into indoctrinating the mindset that essentially i'll use in technical terms turned her neutral evil where she was incredibly selfishly motivated 
was just working for her own benefit because there was in her mind no reasonable belief that anything was ever going to change she just needed to get through her life without being you know without living a horrible life but that kind of broke her down committed to doing bad things that she probably isn't going to tell you exactly what that's probably the one thing she would attempt to withhold and then that's at least 20 to 25 years of passage of time um, that's when you stumble in and then at this point she's fully the fly for years probably a decade maybe a little bit more and then she sees in attempting to use the sword once sees the golden threads begin to curl up and then retract before the black ichor comes out and that's when she realizes there's something more here there is hope still left somewhere but Blade is feasting on her negative emotions, kind of locking her down in that spiral until the events leading up to right now, basically. That was a lot, <laughs> but you guys have a long ride, so she probably wouldn't. Yeah, She has no reason to not tell you. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in your day-to-day? -day? Do you just randomly get called upon and now you're the fly? Or are you, and on Wednesdays, you're just chilling at home? Um, when I get called upon, uh, which isn't, frequent uh but a lot of the time it's you see something suspicious you see something that might be of important knowledge you pass that on willingly um that's not necessarily a called upon basis you're just like a, an agent essentially would was well that was going to be my next question would anyone know otherwise like you leaving us with us right now you don't like feel like some deal is broken or something or like someone would know right i mean the only person that would know would be the spider and he's dead uh in this moment there are ways for strahd to know if he was looking um would we know could we know if he was watching us um i don't fully know what you're capable of so maybe but you'd have to intentionally be looking for it to my understanding oh, well can can you know is it, no, I, I don't. You'd have to be actively looking for it. It's not like, oh, I feel him watching me or something. Correct, yeah. Hmm. Is there, I, I mean, I know he does it. It's the thing that is, is within his wheelhouse. It's, it's something he typically does. So I know that it happens. I don't know what, to, what the signs are, what to look for. I just assume. Would it be there's a way. safe to assume that he knows that you are no longer a loyal it, servant? In this carriage with all of you, um, I think he would have to make the uh, conscious effort to look. And if he thinks that this is going, this is going to go well, then he's probably not going to look. I don't know how long that lasts until he becomes curious. Well, maybe we make it look like you were victorious, at least for the time being. You know, just in case he does look, and then we can have a man on the inside, and you know, he still thinks you're working for him. You can help us. And, you know, you're not in danger because you're sitting with the enemy right now. I don't think that's a bad idea, but there are certainly ways that he will find out without me willingly. Oh, man. I look around. Are there, like, ravens in the trees? Yeah. Uh, there, There's no... Uh, in the part of the mountain that you are now, there's really no foliage. So there's nothing flying around. There's nothing looking at you guys now. Um, she's essentially implying that, like, if she attempts to go off and be like, oh, we were good, and then she has to report back to Strahd, and he senses any suspicion, then, like, there's 
nothing stopping him from getting the truth anyway. Well, maybe we won't arouse any suspicion. I would say there's no harm in at least attempting to fool him and just see how long we can get away with it. I don't know what the benefit of or what the purpose of that would be yet, but better you safe and in our pocket than exposed. Certainly. It's also possible that obviously he's been interested in all of you to an extent, and that's just been increasing over time, especially when... And then Dahlia kind of looks over to Delena and then fails to find the words that exactly she wants to use. When things kind of became more obvious what was going on, he got a more vested interest. So it's not to say that he won't also be looking at you. Oh yeah, he's going to be watching you way more than he's going to be watching her. That is how he sent the legions of Vistani after you and... um, Obviously, how Rahadin and I made our way to the temple. Can he, like, hear everyone and stuff? Like, is it like he's just standing next to us and can hear all conversations and see anything that we can see? If he does, he can piss off. Yeah, fuck you, Strahd, and I birds into the air. Just to nothing. <laughs> uh, it's not that he can hear or see everyone everywhere all the time. It's like he makes a conscious decision to listen in here or there or see here or there i'm gonna be honest with you i don't really know magic or really understand it so if he was like watching you and i'm two feet from you could he see me too uh i i don't know i've never used what he uses and i don't know the finer details i just know do you know what he uses he doesn't i want to make this clear yes i've been in the same room and spoken with him we don't have like sunday brunch i've those details aren't things that he gives. Yeah, you, you probably don't even like see him that much, huh? It's just like you report mm. to the spider or something, and then not for a long time. Back in the early days, but Ugh. maybe more often. Is he as creepy as he sounds? Pretty creepy. I imagine but... him. He's like really tall and like hunched over or something. Maybe like a really tall hat. Um, not typically that person. Oh. Don't know that he has a hunch either. Um, I feel like this is superfluous detail. <laughs> well, I thought we were just talking. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to turn to her and I'm going to say, do you know, like, what it, his end goal is? Like, like, other than, you know, wanting to uh, get married to me? What, like, what, like, what, what, I don't even know if that's really what he wants. Like, I, it's. What does he want with me? I think you're pretty much on the right track, as far as I'm aware. I want to stress the point that I'm not saying this. It's kind of a paraphrase. It's always been kind of about acquiring a treasure, sort of. His prize is one chance to rectify the same mistake over and over and over again. I do think it's pretty much you, Selena. There are a lot of things that don't make sense, though. So, I don't know. Is he just, like, super crazy? Like, has he just, like, lost his mind? Why is he, like, so freaking out? I mean, no offense, Selena, but, like, what's the the obsession? Why, what's the deal? No, I get it. Why is he, (laughs) why is he like this? Love can make people do crazy things. And I, I go, I guess. I'll, like, air quote, and I'll go, love. That's not love. No, it is not. 
Dahlia, would you help us kill him? End this tyranny. I would be afraid that in attempting to assist you, he would more easily be able to turn me on you again. Uh, don't take this the wrong way, but by yourself, you're pretty manageable. She... That is a th- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That is the one thing that does kind of break the source of tension that is just kind of knotted. And you see like a smile and just like a slow turn to you uh, up in the back of the carriage. I'm assuming you're like turned around talking to the rest of the group at this point. I'm not going to lie. I imagined that I was like using a shield and like sledding behind. Like I would just like do a dumb shit, like just bored. Like I'm used to just walking and traveling and now Barish was sitting there doing nothing. It's like uh, he'd probably find some dumb way. But anyways, yes, she has to lean over to look at me. While that's probably true, you can't afford to have more obstacles than just him. I, I think he's the only obstacle that we need to worry about. That there's The odds are so against us, and we need every willing and able person at our side. I think using, keeping you hidden and just waiting it out is a waste of your abilities. I would prefer the risk, I think, if it meant your help. Because you did kill us. You killed us a couple times. <laughs> I think Aval, yeah, Avalon like is a little peeved off and just looks at Baron and goes, but is her life yours to risk? It's my mother. Uh, it's, and no offense to you, it's her own life to risk. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm not, not telling saying, her. I'm not giving, I'm not dictating her decision. She should decide what she wants to do. And it sounds like she wants to wait it out. If, if that's what she decides, that is totally fine. I'm just exploring the issue. I will not force we, her hand in any way. We have at least a couple days until we get anywhere important. We can think about it and talk about it. Can and I? She kind of trails off. Yeah, what's up? Well, yeah, in that trailing off, I just want to insight check her on like, yeah. does how does she believe that like Strahd like could turn her like what like where is it is she mm-hmm. you know just saying that. Like, if she yeah. truly is neutral evil right now, then that's sure. also bad news. Twelve. There's You're definitely sensing a lot of complex emotions in, every, in most of the stuff she's saying. Sure. But to what they are, it's not... It's a big jumbled yeah. mess. Fair. I told you we'd get to the details later. Well, that time is now. This mix of dice and bad jokes is an actual play D&D podcast run by five Twitch streamers gone rogue, prepared to bring you lovable characters, meaningful narrative, and more laughs than you signed up for, but it can't exist on its own. Puns and Potions is made possible by the loving support of our supporters over on Patreon. From perks such as getting ad-free episodes, early access, exclusive merch, and personal shoutouts, you too can reap the benefits of a loving patronage to this very podcast over at patreon.com slash puns and potions. That's puns A-N-D potions. For just one singular dollar a month, you can keep this fantasy alive. Now, to our other sponsors. For us at Puns and Potions, community is a big part of what we wish to represent, and one friend and community member I want to throw at you today is Astral Dice. Full disclosure, I personally had a hand in the creation of Astral Dice, and it will continue to be a long-standing partnership. 
But just like the PMP crew, my astral sets are the only thing I use to roll, and that's the truth. There are a handful of guys homebrewing dice sets out of their homes because, like us, they're super passionate about role-playing games and can't accept just some mass-produced dice they bought from a hobby shop. They craft new sets when life allows it and post them online for you to snatch up, or just admire the designs. So it'd be cool if you went and checked out their website, astraldice.com, or followed them on Instagram, at theastraldice. Thanks for the time, now back to the puns. Um, I will say after traveling, um, the carriage would essentially stop after two ish days of travel, which is almost conveniently right around like past the bridge and the tower and the gate uh, where you fought um, Aragal and Luvash. That area ish um, is where the nightmares would basically stop. And then you would see that the flames that are accented along their bodies basically just consume their bodies, and then the ash falls onto the ground with the rains. And Dahlia starts to like kind of shuffle her armor, and this would be essentially the first night that you would camp. Dahlia, if we move the carriage while the horses are still in the ground, will they come up not attached to the carriage? Uh, they're kind of bound, so I think it's mostly summoning them i think the ash is oh is he, he's not like under the ground right there no are we around the like the tower where we found those frozen people and stuff like is there a shelter or we have to like make our own yeah you could shelter in the tower i think if there's structures here we should use them we got the ring of warmth we could post up in the bottom of a tower sounds pretty defensible i mean that's the idea of towers i guess is there still a, f- a gate on the front of this place that's, like, on fire? Yeah, yeah. So right? Wasn't it, like, green flames shooting out of it oh, or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's the large uh, gate that blocks the passage from the mountainside to the cliffside, right? And then detached from that, you know, a little bit ways down, that's where, like, the tower was with the guards on top. Um, you haven't passed through the yeah. flaming gate yet, but it is there. How many days of travel will it take us to get to Valaki? To get to Valaki? Because that's where we're going, right? To drop off Gertrude? Well, she was insinuating that we were going to split up. She was saying that, like, I'm going to go take Gertrude, but... Where are we going, then? Yeah, I I was like, (laughs) we might as well follow you. I don't know. That was a conversation that was probably going to happen later, because you really only have one path to get at least off the mountain. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Just to give you a sense of scale, to Valaki would probably be a day to where you are now, a day off the rest of the mountain... Uh, give or take a day past Argenvast and to the crossroads and then probably another mm. half day to Valaki. Okay. And we have some time. Is there still like daylight or is it like, um, how long do the yeah, horses you would, last? Yeah. You, you would have a little daylight. Yeah. Cause it was so early in the morning when you started moving. Uh, th- this may be, and is the landscape like barren? Is it like there's no foliage, no nothing. It's just ice and hills and snow and. In this section, lower down in the mountain, there are trees, yeah. I want to see, this may be a long shot, but I want to try mm-hmm. to find, like, you know those, like, snow flowers? They're, like, really long and they're white, and they, like, I want to see if I can find... Snowdrops. I think, yeah, it was snow something. I, 
I want to see if I can find a flower, and I want to go look in, in some free okay. time. Uh, roll a perception check. Or I'll even give you, like, a survival check. I was going to say nature, but survival works too. Nature would be like, hey, do I know that these flowers grow here? Oh, that's true. I should have done that first. Uh, 18. I will say you don't find any of that particular flower, the snowdrops, but um, you do find some like kind of wildish flowers. They're not as impressive, but they are surviving up in this tundra-adjacent biome. Done and done. Cool. I will take one. Boop. And if we're not doing anything else, I will at some point deliver it to B. <laughs> I'll be like, okay. look, I found a new flower. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just a singular flower? Yeah, it's a tiny little guy, I imagine. <laughs> Thank you, Bear. It's beautiful. No problem. Glad to have you back. I'll I, just give him another hug. I don't know what I would do if you didn't come back. I don't know what I would do if you didn't bring me back. You would just disappear. You would be nothing. I don't even know where you were going. You were like, you looked like a ghost. And then I'm like, I kind of caught you in the chin a little bit when I tackled you. And I'm not going to lie. It was, it felt really good that I made contact with you because I was, I was kind of losing it. I was attacking everything. I saw red. I am amazed that I didn't hit a volant or Selena in that room. But I, I don't know if you saw it, but I, I shredded that place doing anything. I, I was panicking. And, you, you know, I'm kind of cool. I, you know, I play it. I don't know. I haven't felt that loss of control when we're, like, not fighting. You know? I don't know. I was scared. I'm just glad you're back. I know. I'll just hug him tighter. <laughs> Anything anybody wants to do before resting for the night? Is there, like, a... Do we set up, like, a little fire or anything? Uh, There is... I forget which floor it is in the tower. It's probably in the first one. Um, there was like a little fireplace. Okay. So you could set up in there. I guess I'll just go to wherever my... What is my mom doing right now? Um, She is probably just getting Gertrude situated in the tower. Mm-hmm. Probably just getting out of the weather. There's really not a whole lot that she cares to see. I mean, if you guys are spending, like, a significant amount of time, then she might let Gertrude, like, walk up around the pass and, like, to the bridge and stuff just to see it. No, yeah. No, uh, yeah. I just, I guess I wanted just a me and my mom alone time. Okay. I mean, that's easy enough to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shepherd, so. shepherd Gertrude off to chaperone by someone else. Yeah. yeah. I'll take her to go look at the view or whatever. Okay. Fair. Um. Yeah, I'll just kind of, like, I guess... Do a little walk or a little pace um, towards the. I'll I'll we'll we'll I'll lead her towards where that fireplace is. Mm-hmm. Is there a way for me to light it with a spell I have? I don't think there is, but I can I do a check to just like get the fire going on that fireplace. Give him some time; you can do it just fine. Cool. I think I'm just gonna kind of let the fire burn a bit, stare into the embers. And kind of like sit down and I'm going to sit in a like a like a reclusive position, like kind of like I'm almost cradling my knees up to my chest. And I just look at my mom and I pat the ground next to me. Yeah, she'll come next to you. And then I look back at the fire. Do you remember those nights when I was little and you were still at home? And he interrupts you. 
I remember every night. <laughs> Those are things I never could forget. When I would not come upstairs after being frust frustrated by father and you'd always read me a bedtime story or sing me a song before bed and you'd cradle me in your arms. You were there protecting me. And I thought out here I could maybe do the same for you. <laughs> you didn't need protecting to begin with. It's not surprising. There's a lot of stories that your father never told you about me. I suppose I just want to see the motherly side of you always. Not the other stuff. The bureaucratic nonsense, the the struggles you had to go through. I was too young, I guess. I think we did an okay job keeping you out of as much of those things as we could. I didn't want you to have to go through them either, but unfortunately, it's just kind of the way that things go. I'm sorry that I left. I'm sorry you had to leave. It played out the way I was going to play it out. I can't change it now. This is something that could be talked about down the line, but as much as I want to say you should stay hidden and wait it out and not put yourself at risk, we could use anyone we can get. And I know at the end you'll make the right call because we're flesh and blood. And if there's a bit of good in me, I suppose there's a bit of good in you. I love you. I love you too. And I hug her. That wasn't Dahlia, that was me. That was me to you, Willie. Oh. Aww. <laughs> Aww. You love too, bestie. <laughs> Air hug. Heartfelt episode. <laughs> I think we're going to have a couple decisions that we come through on the ride. Right. Genuinely don't yet know what's best. Well, let's just watch the fire for tonight. I think we can do that. Anybody else want to do anything? I think I wait for a little bit, and me and Gertrude are standing outside waiting for someone to come back outside the tower, and then we throw in a bunch of snowballs when they come out, but I imagine that she's not very into it and is just standing there, and I have all these snowballs and I'm just throwing them at somebody. <laughs> Fair. That's yeah. That's correct. <laughs> Reasonable. That's it. Okay. Um. Yeah. You guys can bed up in the tower. Um. Again, for the sake of time. Uh, One thing I just want to say, as we're getting taking these two days to journey, I want to try and use like hours that we have between the nightmares disapparating. I would like to mm -hmm. try and finish enchanting that dang ring. Go for it. Because yeah. <laughs> I think I have I... one day of work, so if I can, if I need to split it up, I will. But yep. I want to do I that. believe at this point, the only thing we had left was the actual tinkering of it. Okay. You had figured everything out, but you had one day's worth left yes. of finalizing the construction. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'll have you make a tinkering check. Okay. When did you make the... I don't remember this ring. This <laughs> has been... I a long time. I started this More before going in the temple. With this ring, yeah. So yeah, oh, this shit. is my project with Mordenkainen that we've just been so busy. <laughs> I haven't been able to finish. And then you lost your hands. And then I lost my hands. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so it was very sad. 
God, she had her hands back for a day and she's already putting him to work. <laughs> I mean, also, yeah, I think with this, B is also trying to process a lot and is doing something with her hands as a part yeah. of that. So that's also what I'm thinking about. This is... Yeah, because I, with... I'm high enough level, I double my proficiency with any tool check. Oh, um, So it's a... 21 plus is it like sleight of hand or like is what is the skill here or is it just a tools check i, uh, I think it would you essentially do. be a dexterity check that yeah. you're proficient in yeah okay yeah so then it's like 25 it's above 20 um yeah you put in a couple hours and it is one of those things where your mind does kind of waver as you work so it might take a little bit longer than you would expect but there is something about returning to the rhythm of tinkering and that keeps you going and pushing through like the tiny little imperfections that maybe you uncover from before things that you think you can kind of do a little bit better and you put the final final touch on and it seems as though it will work as intended yes amazing now throw it off the bridge <laughs> ceremoniously <laughs> uh the night passes through everyone gets the benefits of a full rest oh, hallelujah. So first long blessed rest be <laughs> Couple it's lives been so and many days. Long. You also level up. Thank oh, you. Yeah. I was about I've been to waiting for that one. Bro. <laughs> oh, yo. Level 10, baby? Yeah, what? What? I mean, do you guys want to roll health now or do you want to just do Heck it? Yeah, I do. Okay, go for it. Oh, man. Okay. Yes! Oh, man. Big money. I think this is a, a good level, too. All right, D12. Wish me luck. Get that 12. 11! Oh, man. Oh, yes. oh okay. Glib glob. <laughs> I can also now cast Commune with Nature. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that for you. I got a one. Uh, so you take a five. Oh? Why? Thanks. Oh, man. Plus your oh, con. Heck. Uh, if you roll below half, you take the average, which is one above half. Ah. So I rolled a four. Out of a D8. Mm -hmm. So you take five. Plus your con mod. What's my con? Uh, it's probably like a plus two or one or three or four. Could be a five. Doubt it, but. Yeah, it's not better than mine. <laughs> I think it is the and... same as mine, actually. I think you're a three. Maybe a two. And then is everybody bunking up into the carriage to continue moving? I think, yeah. Um, yeah, you would get into the carriage, Dahlia would make sure everybody's good, and then she says the command word, and whoop, the nightmares come back. Um, and then they kind of shuffle and then continue to move. And then as they kind of turn around the corner and pass the tower and you get to the large uh, gate of green flame, uh, as they're approaching it, it almost acts as like an aura of... I don't want to say it's anti-magic because it's not but they interact with the flames in a way that the flames allow you to pass through the center of them. And they kind of like lick up around and as you pass through, they just kind of close off into the gate again. And then you take the long and winding paths continuing down the mountain to the point where the snow uh, starts uh, melting away into the grassiness and the forests and all the fog and mud and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so you eventually continue and continue and continue back down to relatively normal flat ground. You're going to travel for a little bit further uh, than that, but nothing crazy. Is anybody doing anything on the ride? 
We'll do something when we land. Um, sure. Nobody's doing anything. So, yeah, eventually it gets to a point, and then you see the same situation. It kind of um, pulls off the road slightly. The nightmare is kind of windy, and then poof, they catch on flames, and the rains fall. Dahlia looks at the, all of you and goes, well, this one's going to be, um, unfortunately, without shelter, but we can kind of make camp you know, just into the forest, and then um, we should probably take watch through the night just to make sure everything's fine. But I'm sure it's okay, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll get started on shelter. Uh-huh. Has Strahd... T- I'm going to ask her to... Has Strahd tried to communicate with you? Oh, I guess I wasn't super clear. It's not really a two-way communication right but just just i know you can you know send messages or things like that that's what i'm wondering about that yeah that doesn't that's not usually the typical okay mode so maybe maybe he's looked in i i again i don't know there's no way for me to really know anything anybody wants to do while getting camp situated i guess once we're like chilling and it's Mm -hmm. before shifts or whatever I'm going to cast Commune with Nature as a ritual. Okay. I'm going to go sit in some leaves. <laughs> kind of park this myself under a, a tree. spell that you now have? Yes. <laughs> and I'm casting it as a ritual, so it's going to take 11 minutes. Uh, and I get three facts of my choice. I can just read them. Uh, terrain and bodies of water. Prevalent plants, minerals, animals, or peoples. Powerful celestial spay fiends, elementals, or undead. Influence mm-hmm. from other planes of existence or buildings. And I get to choose three okay. facts. Um, so I want to know if there's any powerful fiends or powerful undead within three miles. Okay. Or if there is any influence from other planes of existence within three miles. Um, I will say um, where you are around there. There are no fiends. It does specify powerful of these things yeah they'd have to be not just a dude it'd be like a strong dude (laughs) yeah yeah um i would say no you don't pick anything up undead either influence of other planes of existence i will say this but i don't want it to necessarily just distract you in a way that's not meaningful so i'll add an asterisk to it you would be able to detect like in the ground and like the fold, like the trees and you know the land, the traditional like natural landscape, that there is some influence from some otherworldly power. But from all the knowledge that you've collected over time, it would probably be easy to assume that that is the power that is uh, create like locking Barovia into its own little bubble. So would it, would we say that the influence is from the material plane? And that it's getting into this plane, or would we say that there is some other influence coming to the material plane? I, I, I think I'm using this trying to lock down where am I right now, you know? Yeah. Just as a reminder from what Mordenkind's theory was, this kind of plays into that. You're technically in a subdivision of Shadow of the Shadowfell. Oh, okay. But because the Shadowfell is technically its own plane in relation to this one that is influencing this pocket plane. Okay. There's no material plane connection. All right. In a way that's, like, detectable and reasonable to understand. Yeah, Yeah, the first two was more like, is there any baddies near us? And then the third one was just being like, I'm just trying to get my bearings of, like, what's where Mm -hmm. am I, you know? And I know they told us, but just my own 
Yeah, no, that that's kind of the gist that you would get. Okay. Yeah, the sh- the Shadowfell essentially like picked up a part of the material plane is like, cool, I'ma hold you. Yeah. And the the hands holding it is the influence. Yeah, it's like scooped out, basically. Yeah, right. Anything else? Not for me. What is the order of watch again? That's a good question. I think I'm like third. I literally never remember. We have it written Selena, somewhere. Selena, Bear, Avalon, Beatrice. Selena, Bear, <laughs> Avalon, Beatrice. I will write this down and then I will promptly forget where I've written it. Yeah, I think we've Sounds done good. that before. <laughs> yep. Every time. Uh, I will have, if no one has anything to do before resting, I will have Selena roll a perception check. I'm squinting oh, my sorry. eyes at one you. One last thing. Go for it. Um, as we set up, I'm going to cast alarm Ooh. in like a perimeter. I take a piece it. of string and I lay it out. Yes. <laughs> that wasn't a very good German, but. <laughs> uh, 20 foot cube. Okay. Cool. 21. Nothing seems to really wrestle suspicion. It's one of those things where you have uh, pretty good clarity resting up and kind of getting out of everything and. Maybe that's a little bit of a deflection, like not really wanting to focus on what's going on, but seem to have a pretty good lay of the land. Nothing seems to really happen on your watch, and you're confident in that. Cool. You may pass it on to Bear. My shift, I got a 16. You're pretty aware of the fact that there's probably nothing, at least unnatural danger around from having cast commune with nature. Um, but you're still, you know, watching out for things like wolves and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and no ravens, too. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, I will say, in this instance, you don't see, you don't see any number of animals that is out of the ordinary. Okay. Um, there might be, like, passing birds or whatever, like, through the tree line, but it's pretty thick and you don't seem to catch anything that is notable. I will wake up whoever the third person is. <laughs> it is Vaughn. That's me. I rolled a nat one. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, it's one of those situations where Bear wakes you up and probably the perpetual stress of things kind of weighing on you um, throughout is tough to the point where you like get up, but you're kind of struggling to be totally in the moment. But the one thing that kind of jolts you out of it uh, is a message into your mind. It's Strahd. Do not alert your companions. Oh, God. Stand up. Walk towards the tree line. This is message, right? I can reply in my head? Correct. I stand up, and I go, which tree line? Just straight ahead, outside of camp. Give it about 40, 50 feet. Okay. I'm going to walk. But as I'm walking, can I cast message, which is a cantrip I just learned upon leveling up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. love that. You love that. Um, I will say message is verbal somatic material, so it will presumably the person is contacting you will know that you have cast it. Oh, then never. Like waving your hands and stuff. Then yeah. never mind. Yeah, I'm gonna. You try to do it sneakily. But that's still risking it, you know? Right. Oh, my God. I got to do this to me as I'm, like, figuring out my leveling up shit. Okay, fine. I, I I walk towards the tree line, but I don't go into the trees. Okay. You you pass at least far enough. Uh-huh. And as you get, you know, somewhat outside of the group, 
you see a figure kind of step out from outside of your line of vision and is somewhat through the tree line, but visible. It is none other than Vasily von Holtz. What do you want? The silence spell. Do you know it? Why do you need it? I came out here willingly. This is a conversation between you and I. The silence spell. Do you know it? No. (laughs) You say that and he just kind of looks back and rolls his eyes and snaps his fingers. And then I will say the little crackling ember remains of the fire that might be sitting in the middle of the ring of your friends who are sleeping. That The sound of that, completely gone. Fine. This will shorten our conversation. And then he pulls very slowly out from his waist uh, scabbard, his rapier. You were born of a no- noble family, yes? How do you know that? He uh, kind of takes a certain position and then is pointing the rapier straight, like, parallel to the ground out at you. Why? <laughs> That's as confirmation as I need. You must know how to duel, then. Three points foil on your mark. 